And just by like painting a couple murals out there and us hosting a weekly bike ride from the bike shop, like all of a sudden that alleyway was transformed. It's crazy what effect these murals had on, on just this little space. Welcome to the Adler.TV show. I'm Chris Adler, and on my website, Adler.TV, I host this podcast and video series featuring a different guest in a different location each week. This week, I spent two days out in the downtown Birmingham heat filming and painting alongside hundreds of other volunteers led by my guest, Marcus Fetch. He and his partner, Sean Gilder, are responsible for many of the iconic murals seen around the state of Alabama. This community project was a 500-foot rainbow wall. After the project was complete, I sat down with Marcus Fetch to chat. I'm sitting under underneath a bridge in uh, Birmingham, Alabama, right off Morris Avenue, where it used to be just pl a plain wall here, 500 feet of just kind of kind of junky concrete wall and now it's a rainbow 500 feet of rainbow <laughs> and the reason it is like that is because marcus fetch <laughs> well i know and help from a bunch of other people but yes you, you threw together you, you came out of my head anyway <laughs> <laughs> you threw together uh hundreds of volunteers that you know don't have any kind of painting experience whatsoever and uh you made a freaking awesome community revitalization project out of it man way to go thanks this is not thanks your first time to do this though I, I i assume it's not your first time to do this kind no, of thing. it was just as crazy though it was just as an adventure for me for sure so um yeah man if if, if you're not if you're not familiar with marcus and his work he's got tons of sick murals all around town and i know you travel as well to do like commissioned work like from underneath bridges to inside museums and salons and bars and everything in between man you're you're putting up some really interesting cool quality art and people have taken notice man it's like it's when you do quality good stuff people take notice and that's definitely happening with you man like i, I was uh, at a gas station the other day and I see your face on the cover of Birmingham magazine or whatever it is. Yeah. And I'm just like, heck yeah, man. Like it's amazing to see that all the different kinds of people that come out here, man, like people just want to talk to you. People want to meet you. People want to meet the guy that is adding color to, to Birmingham. And there's a reason why you're kind of going with this rainbow theme. Uh, you, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I could first start with, you know, explaining why the wall behind me is colored. Um, we did an event this weekend that we called the Rainbow Wall, uh, which was a public uh, mural painting event where anyone from the city was welcome to come out this weekend while we were out here and uh, paint this thing with us. It gives people the opportunity to be a part of creating a landmark in town, you know, that will live on for years and, uh, you know, affect thousands of people. Um, so it's, it's really cool to watch people's experience. They feel uh, a sense of pride um, and like they're being a part of something special. So the, I, this all started with um, a couple of years ago when I had people hitting me up for uh, wanting to volunteer. And 30, 40, 50 people on Facebook just kept getting more. And I really didn't want to tell anybody no. Yeah. So I was like, I need to start curating events where, you know, everybody come out and paint despite your uh, skill set, you know? Totally. 
Uh, and last year we did a big one that the city sponsored called uh, the Color Wall. And that was uh, kind of a social experiment. It was a free flow type of mural where anybody can kind of paint whatever they wanted. Uh, and that was fun. It was super chaotic. Um, but the end result was more of this uh, kind of splatter painted looking mural. And uh, I wanted something that was a little more matched all the way down the wall. Maybe a little more controlled. So that's where, why we did this one. We found sponsors and we decided that since this wall was coming right off the three uh, lit rail, uh, rainbow tunnels, that uh, we just continue that art theme all the way down the tracks and create the rainbow wall. And then, um, and yeah, Jay Brandrup and Kinetic, uh, they helped gather uh, other sponsors like Shipped um, and um, some neighborhood businesses to pitch in. We got the paint and we just, you know, slaved away for two days. But, Dude, uh, yeah, yeah, man. I've, I'm like sunburned. I'm like wearing <laughs> a hat and sunglasses in, in the shade. And like Saturday, hundreds of people came out. Uh, and then Sunday was kind of like the finishing touches. And you really do, man. You, you kind of, you almost were like, you kind of set people up for success in that you're like, color in this space. It's like when you're coloring on a piece of paper, like just stay within the lines and you'll be great. So there were kids out here. There were adults out here. There were people from churches. There were people, you know, there were tattooed, yeah, rainbow haired we, we even had a lady. It was awesome. We even had a lady in a wheelchair. Yeah, man. She came out for a little bit. Yeah, dude. It was amazing. <laughs> like, it's hard to find uh, people with that big of a difference in their, you know, who they are in their lives come together and, like, do something they all feel good about, man. It's amazing, dude. You do some really cool stuff, man. You should feel good. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Thanks. So, uh, how'd you get started in like? Did did you were you always just drawing, sketching, and stuff? And then eventually, you're like, I'm gonna start putting this stuff up on walls. Or how did you get started into into like the mural game? Yeah. Um, well, so I've been in Birmingham now for about seven years, and what I was known for prior to painting murals was the bike shop Redemptive Cycles which was a nonprofit bike shop that I opened up in downtown back in 2013. Um, and for um, about four years, uh, four to five years worked to build that. During that time, Redemptive Cycles is located right by Innovation Depot and Railroad Park. Uh, I, um, about three years ago, started getting into cleaning up the neighborhood, the alleyways and stuff, and uh, started painting murals. And I didn't know what the heck I was doing. so. Uh, off the bat, you know, I was painting garbage, but <laughs> it was better than nothing, right? Yeah, man. And um, during that time, I started to fall in love with how powerful public art could be. Because, you know, back then we took this alleyway that was uh, surrounded by two homeless shelters. And it's one of the worst areas in downtown, not the worst. Uh, and just by like painting a couple murals out there and us hosting a weekly bike ride from the bike shop, like all of a sudden that alleyway was transformed. And a lot of people would go back there to take photos and stuff. I remember being so startled one day because there's like some homeless guys out there, maybe on crack or something in the sure, back alley. Sure. Yeah. And then um, prom like crew pulled up to take photos in, some, in front of some of like, you know, the murals. Uh, and they were like never in a million years like drive into that area of town and get out of their car normally. No, no. And I'm like, wow. Like, that's crazy what effect these murals had on, on just this little space. 
a little over two years ago is when I retired from running the bike shop and building it. Just took a board position um, and started doing more art full time. In the years prior, I was doing primarily graphic design work for the bike shop and for some other friends and stuff. Um, so I was always somewhat of an artist, but I didn't know how to paint much. And uh, it was just another thing that, you know, I worked hard and taught myself to do. And within about six months to a year of uh, painting like some murals and working on my art, I started getting some mural jobs and stuff. During that time too, you know, Birmingham didn't really have very many artists trying to uh, really push hard to paint murals in town. So it wasn't too difficult to break through, you know. Uh, it's not like Atlanta or a bigger city where there's tons of artists and competition is really hard. So I guess I was kind of fortunate to that regard too. It's shocking to see that like you've you've only been doing murals for this amount of time, you know, like you are the go-to guy, like Sloss Slossfest, the the festival here in, in in the city. I'm walking past like these big cubes, they look awesome, and I'm like, I wonder who did that. Oh, of course, it's Marcus. They reached out to Marcus to do it because if you want something cool done, and and that's that's what happens when you get out and work hard and do cool stuff, yeah. quality stuff, man. And you do a ton of like, you can tell that a lot of what you do is not about you, man. I, I know that sounds strange, but like when you come out here and you're leading a group of a hundred volunteers, you're not like screaming, you're not ordering people around. It's there's no ego. You you you're like. Hey guys, uh, all right, who's who's spray painted before? <laughs> all right, come over here. We're gonna put some color up on this wall, and people are like, "Yeah, let's do it!" <laughs> you know, you you speak softly and you carry a big paintbrush, man, and that's freaking <laughs> awesome, dude. It's amazing, man. Um, you're not out here tagging your name. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and I don't want to hate on people like and and all those guys, but to me. What you're doing is stupid, man. What you're doing is pointless. What you're doing is is pushing you, is is helping you, is put is propping up you. And to me, maybe you work hard and you feel good about seeing your name up there, but wouldn't you feel so much better like if you worked hard and you put something cool up that people wanted to come to and visit and see and it's not just about you it's about more than that you know what i'm saying man so huge props to you on that and i'm honestly probably going to uh cut the names out that i just yeah, said because i don't want to get killed <laughs> yeah you should well i can talk about that real briefly please do i guess i have you know if you looked at my portfolio so far um the stuff that i've done has kind of been across the board uh and that's in part because I try and work with every single client and figure out, you know, what will make them happier. If I'm painting a mural for a, a space, you know, talk with the neighbors and everything and see what they want. Uh, and that's been something that's attributed to my success because a lot of artists will only want to paint their specific type of style and what they want. And I can respect that if that's like your choice as an artist. Um, I think it's a good thing to know yourself and to know what you want to speak through your art. But yeah, you just don't get as many opportunities. And for me, uh, the more murals and the more color I can get in the city, the better. So even if it's, you know, really 
basic, simple design. It's better than a blank wall, you know? And it is beautiful when you can create a mural that represents a whole collective or group of people um, and not just yourself. You know, as far as the relationship between street artists, it's like, there's different arguments on both levels, but I'm happy to have them have my back because, you know, they, right, so, they're running the streets, so. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> All right, so I take back everything I said. I'm sorry. I started a group on Facebook called Color Beham, and its whole uh, purpose is to cr continue to create public uh, mural events where everybody can be involved with, and hopefully, you know, I want them to always be very colorful. Because Birmingham has been known as a city of color in racial terms for so long with uh, our heritage and uh, everything that happened with the civil rights movement, that we've been such a black and white city. And uh, it's like perfect to redefine us being known as a city color to be a colorful city, you know? Like it's, it's perfect. And this idea that in five, 10 years from now, you know, we're known nationwide as Birmingham, the city of color, like that would, you know, make my heart melt, bro. So, and I've Googled it too. No city yet has the nickname City of Color. So, we're set up for it. I'm going to push it. <laughs> Dude, that is awesome, man. And you really have. You've created a landmark along with all the volunteers and, and all the work that was done. You know, I, you, and you're such a humble guy. You always point to other people. I'm going to keep saying you, but when I say you, it's the collective you that you've helped orchestrate. Is yeah. that okay? Yeah, that's fine. So, honestly, Morris Avenue is this landmark road in Birmingham. Uh, downtown that's got cobblestone it's super cool and you know it because it's got the cobblestone this is just as big of a visual thing in fact kids and and you know tons of other people are just as likely to notice something like that and that cobblestone road is a freaking like institution of this town yeah and you've just put another one right next to it <laughs> yeah and which is amazing man it's it's yeah. such, it's such a cool you. thing what's the what's the hardest part of putting together an event like this because i know you mentioned like it's a couple months of work and then yeah. the day it happens yeah so what's the What's the process of painting like a mural versus the process of painting something like this? So, um, with a lot of murals we're doing for businesses, um, and it's a kind of a lengthy, it's easy because they're paying for the money, so you don't got to worry about fundraising. That's such a difficult part with one of these public events. Um, but then you're also kind of running through a more detailed design, and the easiest part is it's just me and Sean going out and painting it. So you don't got to worry about anything getting messed up, you know. Uh, with this, fundraising in itself is like super hard. Uh, but when you're lucky enough to get the money, then coordinating the events even crazier. Trying to coordinate 100 plus people at the same time to all paint. I mean, it was just nuts. And you saw it on Saturday. I feel so overwhelmed and a thousand people are asking me questions. Um, and a lot of it, you just kind of have to close your eyes. You know, a seven-year-old kid is just like blasting yellow on this part of the wall and you don't want anymore, but you're just like, all right, I'll fix it later. <laughs> like, just let him have fun, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, and that's, the biggest part is probably just making everybody happy. Because people who are coming out, you want a good experience for them. Um, but I also got these sponsors that gave money and, you know, dang it, they want a good-looking wall. And for years, this place is going to be here, so it needs to look good. Um, balancing all that, most artists don't even, you know, most people don't want to try it. 
it's too much of a headache. Uh, I guess my years of experience working with community, with the bike shop, and with different nonprofit work I did definitely helped me uh, have the capabilities to be able to manage a lot of people. And I've always kind of been a fire starter like that too, you know, <laughs> in town. So every episode, I feature a nonprofit of the week every, every at the end of every episode, and I try to make it relate to um, the guest in some kind of way. Uh, do you have a nonprofit that you suggest? I know Redemptive. You still serve on the board there. Yeah, it, it has to be Redemptive. Awesome. So Redemptive, well, you know, is my baby. Will always be because yeah. I built it from ashes, right? Yeah, man. I started it in 2012 uh, as a weekend thing on Saturdays, uh, and now it's this big five employed you know corporation nonprofit now it's nuts um but we do we like we're a staple in downtown now and we always need to fundraise more so that would have to be the one yeah it, like in a nutshell what what do you guys how do you how do you guys operate yeah so okay so basic summary redemptive cycles when you walk in it, it looks like a bike shop right we're, we're selling bicycles doing repairs stuff like that um but the first difference you'll notice is we're selling tons of used bikes because uh, that's part of our fundraising uh, model. People donate bikes, we resell them. It's all to fund our two, our multiple charitable service programs, which is the big ones is the our earn a bike program. That we give away bikes for free. Uh, we did about 175 last year. Wow. To like guys in missions and the homeless. Yeah. It's almost one every day we're open. Yeah. We give away a free bike. Um, and then we're doing uh, free repairs for guys on the streets or just people who don't have enough money. Um, and we're doing bike valet for all the events all around town and our weekly ride. We have a public workstation inside the shop open 40 hours a week. So anybody can come in and uh, use our tools and stuff and fix their own bike for free. We'll help them. So it's kind of like um, bicycle accessibility, you know, for those who are don't have a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. And here comes the train. Yeah, this is like one of the coolest uh, places I've ever done a podcast, man. Like, this is amazing. Uh, you're going to hear throughout this episode, you're going to hear trains going by. You're going to hear traffic above us. You're going to hear the fluttering of pigeons' wings. Uh, there's some pigeon who I think is having some kind of like bowel movement problem over there because there's some really weird sounds coming from over there. But uh, I love it, man. I love the sounds of the city. So yeah, talk to me about Red Path Creative. Yeah, so uh, after five years of building redemptive cycles, and during that time I was known as the bike man. You know, everybody in town, oh, it's the, it's the bike man, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of funny. Uh, well, partly because we do a tall bike joust every year. Yes, yes, uh, man. It's amazing. I've been like three times. It's amazing. <laughs> it's the sketchiest thing ever. <laughs> Tall bike joust is exactly what it sounds like. Two people get on super tall bicycles, ride towards each other, and compete in jousting. Like Game of Thrones, knights in armor, jousting. Except no one's wearing armor. It's so <laughs> sketchy. <laughs> it's like, uh, I know, it's so renegade. I, I freaking love it. And this last year was huge. We had like six or 700 people come out. Dude, awesome. Man. So one thing cool about that is I'm the tall bike joust godfather in town yeah buddy <laughs> <laughs> so at the end of every one which you've seen 
uh, but for the people listening, at the end of every tournament, we have 12 people compete. And uh, then the winner got to battle me. I'm like, big boss. Haven't lost yet. Dude, I'm getting so older, good. but hopefully I can hold on. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, we'll be doing that this fall. Um, but after five years of running the bike shop um, and moving on to what I wanted to do next, I realized I wanted to uh, um, do more art. And uh, I love how art is so influential. Even in branding for businesses, it can be very influential. And you can uh, create a good impact uh, in your city and in your culture by what your business stands for or what your art stands for. Um, so I started getting more into that, more into murals. Uh, and I formed Red Path Creative, which is just a small LLC that uh, me and Sean operate under. Yeah, Sean um, is the man. How did y'all? How did y'all get hooked up? Sean moved from back from New York uh, two years ago. Um, and then about a year and a half ago, we started working together. Met through a mutual friend. Uh, Sean's a very talented artist. Um, and was just kind of starting fresh again. Back here down south. Um, so it just, it just worked out well. And now we live together. And, you know, we work together every day. <laughs> so we spend a lot of time together. Uh, but it's good. It's good to have somebody that I can trust and bounce things off of. Uh, and we depend on each other a lot. And yeah, Red Path Creative is just our LLC. I don't think we care too much about uh, branding. It's funny, as artists, we don't, we do a bad job on social media because uh, we don't care that much to post on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, and I know you need to do it for right. a business. Yeah, man. But it's just, you know, social media is so overrated these days. So, Dude, it is, it is. But dude, that's such a huge part of why stuff like this is so successful because people want to, get a picture with it man people want to come to it and get a picture with it and do you think that how how has social media changed art uh in a positive and or negative way oh one good one good answer is that um a lot a lot more artists um are doing temporary pieces so even for an example like uh if you've ever seen on social media those guys that stack stones yeah, yeah, totally. And it's like incredible. It is, yeah. You know, it's incredible some of the stuff they can do. But I would, uh, the fact that they can now take a photo of it and it lives on social media forever. Yeah, yeah. You know, instead of, even though it's going to fall over in a couple hours. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like we're, a lot more art like that is occurring. But I also think that uh, our whole culture is getting pretty saturated mm. and desensitized to art. Yeah. Because see, we see so much good art and everything nowadays. We're kind of spoiled. Yeah. Um, so that has a different effect on it. No matter what, you know, murals are one of those things that you, they're already public. So you don't necessarily have to share them. Yeah. Enough people are going to see them anyway and yeah. take photos. Yeah. They do it for you, man. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So that's helpful. And, you know, even though community projects like this, I don't make any money off of, uh, it does, you know, in kind help just to promote mine and Sean's name and we get calls for more murals. D! This is uh, one of our bike rides. One of the Redemptive crew on Sundays they do Sweet. a bike ride. Hey! What's going on, man? What's up? Doing a little podcast. So where are you guys headed today? Well, uh, it's World Bicycling Day, so... Today's World Bicycling Day? Oh, oh my gosh. Dude, 
Dude, uh, before we shut this down, I'm going to do some quick rapid-fire questions with you real quick, man. I know you got to head to Tuscaloosa and do a stinking awesome mural for a salon. Uh, Sean, your partner in crime, uh, just showed me like a rendering of it. So you guys like render it out in Photoshop, project it onto this wall, then start start spraying, start painting. Yeah, some we can. Yeah. yeah. The ones, the projector is awesome because um, when you're painting really big stuff, doing an outline just to make sure the proportions are correct is like yeah. really vital. Yeah. Um, it sucks because you can only do it with smaller murals. With really big ones, uh, like the World Games mural we did, that was yeah. about 60 feet tall. We had to grid that one out you know um and that was a nutty experience in general because just being up in a 60 feet in the air in a bucket lift truck it was just crazy you know yeah yeah man <laughs> you've done some really cool projects around the city man uh okay let rapid fire here we go so tell me the story of that family tattoo that you got right there the man. family tat yeah so well before i came into birmingham i spent multiple years on the road uh traveling uh hitchhiking around the country a little bit then i lived out of a camper van Sweet, dude. Uh, and I kind of came into Birmingham on accident. Uh, it was just another place where I was going to work construction for a few weeks and yeah. then move on. Yeah. Uh, then I ended up meeting people uh, that I really liked and I felt something special about this town, so I stayed. And it was cool because that intuitive feeling of Fayette or from God that I felt and I feel like came true with uh, impacting the city and opening the bike shop and everything. Um, but over those times on the road i've gotten a lot of like uh, on the road tattoos and um a lot of home home house tats yeah. so this one of a uh, family on my leg was i was with 12 people on my birthday that are, were all special to me so i, I had them tattoo all half of a letter uh so those are those are casual tattoo artists making <laughs> that tattoo right there yeah yeah uh well that's a and, super cool thing man. <laughs> you know and, so, um, I think tattoos are supposed to r reflect significant memories that um, we want to remember the rest of our lives, right? So, I don't know, certain tattoos I have, I guess, were for, from those moments. Maybe I'll get like a little rainbow bar somewhere. That could be cool to represent this whole color beham thing that I'm doing. Did you go to school for art? No. Okay. So I actually didn't go to school for anything. Music is... Um, actually the thing that I've been doing since I was a kid uh, sometimes some of my friends give me crap because they say out of everything uh, that I do I'm by far the best at music I've just been doing it for so long and the type of music I do is traditional singer-songwriting yeah like folk music indie music yeah um, and I have an album out on Spotify okay that I released uh, two years ago because friends were hounding me for so long uh, and this year was really the first year that I've been looking into trying to do a lot more music. And there's a potential chance in the next coming years that I would love for, you know, music to maybe become something I could do for a career. Uh, but I don't think I'll ever stop doing visual art and doing murals. I mean, the ultimate goal is to uh, maybe be touring and while I'm going through cities painting murals. I mean, that'd be incredible. Uh, but, you know. I'm happy the way things are too. Yeah, Very good. Maybe do the camper van thing again. There you go. Problem solved. You got your house on wheels, music, art, traveling. Yeah. There it is, man. But I would love if anybody's listening you know, want to check out that album on Spotify, just type in my name, Marcus Fetch, and, or on iTunes or whatever. Cool, cool. Can I use it to close out this episode? 
Yeah. Just like some background music? Yeah. All right, I will do that, sir. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. And dude, like I said, man, like you're you're a uh, you're a big personality without being like overbearing and you uh, you bring people together um, to, for for the good, man. And and you do it selfish selflessly and it's awesome to see what you're doing, man. Like you're you're changing you're changing the city like if enough people like you do something in this city, like I lived in Birmingham 10 years ago. I lived in the city of Birmingham 10 years ago and none of this stuff was happening. The railroad park wasn't around. None of that stuff happened. And, and, and people like you have to do stuff like this in order for change to come and positive, yeah. positive things to happen. So, man, yeah, huge, you're right. huge respect to you, man, big time. And, and thanks, thank you, for, Chris. thanks for talking to me, man, big time. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, Marcus Fetch. <laughs> I'll try that. <laughs> And maybe we can together find a thing that we always, always, always wanted. That's it for this episode. All the music was provided by Marcus Fetch, and the following sponsors made the 500-foot rainbow wall possible. Shipped, Kinetic, Kerrigan's Public House, Marvin McConaughey, Audrey Vaughn, Bing Edwards, and Row 5 Records. Special shout-out to Redpath Creative for making it happen. Next week, my guest is a former White House insider, a New York Times best-selling author, and now president here in Birmingham of Telegraph Creative. Cliff Sims is next week. I am excited. To support this show, just subscribe, like, comment, and leave a review on iTunes. It really does help, and it's great to get feedback from you guys. Thank you so much for watching and for listening. I will see you next week. I think it's okay if I smoke right here. There's no kids around, is there? I don't know the smoking policies nowadays. <laughs>